Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm David Clifford and this is the GA Hour. Hello and welcome to the GAR. And we had a whole heap of action this weekend. And to help me get through it is our very own Niall McIntyre. Niall, how's it going? Good, Lee. Yeah, I can't complain. I was glued to the couch yesterday watching the GA. So uh, in a bit of a trance after it, but uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was a great day. No, we had loads to get through, loads to get through. And I'm delighted to say that we're joined by a fashion guru, a wanderlust traveller, our my hero, across McLean legend, Jimmy Clark. Jimmy, how are you? All good, all good, lads. Uh, Appreciate you having me down. No, we're, d- we're delighted to have you. Now, the last we saw of you, you were playing soccer with Nuri. Is that still about? No, it's, uh, I finished up in, in January with, with Nuri. It was, uh, it was a case of wanted a full a full wrap with the club mm-hmm. and give it. Anthony had obviously Anthony Cunningham come in as the manager and um, just to be there for pre-season and, and get a full season mm-hmm. and commit at a full level is uh, something I wanted to do. So, um, luckily, they just stayed up in the Premiership, so we got a two-two draw on on Saturday. So they're they're there for another year. So good. good well, I've seen you rattle the net recently for Cross McLean, so the skills are obviously transferable still. Um, you're living in Cross now, working on your startup business. How's that going? Yeah, based in Armagh, um, it's going well. Like it's it's a it's a tough gig, you know. There's there's a lot to it, but I suppose. Just I suppose every day is a school day, you know, you're learning and it's something I'm very passionate about and um yeah, it's a it's it's ho- hopefully a launch now in the next in the next couple of couple of weeks or month or two. So um very excited to get to get that going. The, the club GA is a it's a different ball game now, Jamie. We're only saying it's uh it's nearly like I'd say Inter County back in the day. It is, yeah. I, I suppose it's again it's one of these things where everyone's learning and you know I think with the media now and the amount of information out there people are able to and, and coaches and managers are are obviously taken from the likes of the county team and all the information that's out there whether it's stats whether it's tactics and you know if you don't do it now it's moving that quick that you'll be left behind as a club and you can see how quickly you know the top clubs in the in the country are pushing on like they're all the four or five clubs that I suppose even last year you know, going in Dulster, we knew that, you know, it was a wake-up call nearly against the likes of Bally Bay tactically that, you know, we need to, something needs to change here because, you know, we can't just go out and play, mm-hmm. you know, the free-flowing football that you probably wanted to play because, you know, just the game's changed that much. No, definitely. And even at, like, junior level and stuff, they've all got gym programs, pre-seasons, the, uh, dietitians and everything come in. But uh, we'll get into the county action, and it only makes sense to talk about Armagh first because you're here. Um, we saw an interesting stat that actually uh, yesterday's match or Saturday's match was the first time since 2008 that a cross McGlen player didn't start. Obviously, Rainer O'Neill was on the bench and he came on, but uh, it's an interesting stat. Yeah, it's funny. Um, we were we were chatting about that yesterday in the change room. Just like it, so it's just one of these things as a cross man, you're always kind of like 
we always had this attitude of like Armagh wouldn't win without a cross <laughs> player, that player playing. But um, it, there's a few of the boys there, you know, and, and I suppose the good thing about Armagh now is that, you know, it, it's probably just the numbers to have. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the rotation, you know, you have boys coming off the bench. And like I said, the game's changed, so it allows for the likes of Rain coming on to have a huge impact. You know, whether he starts the next day and somebody else isn't starting, that each player is just can ch- can interchange in and out. And you know, I'm in a good place in terms of you know the system they have that it's everyone's buying into what you know what what mm-hmm. the plan is. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because they maybe had a disappointing league, Niall. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk that they played defensive football, and although they were competitive in games, ultimately relegated. Uh, that changed slightly against Cavan. What did you see that, that was different? They looked much better. Yeah, they just seemed like a team who were, and I'm sure Jamie agreed, they just seemed, I'd say, all the talk about the league going bad, it probably fired them up a bit. And you could probably, you could see it in them from the world go, they were attacking, you know, they were just, they were a fired up. And they looked like a, just a different team to me anyway. Um, maybe in Armagh, and you'd know Kier McGinney a lot better than I would, like, did you think he'd something up his sleeve that you know this to, was coming? To be honest, I actually didn't think the league was that bad. I thought it was a decent league campaign bar. Like, the games that Armagh lost, there were only one or two points in the games, you know. So, like, every team they played that had an opportunity to win the game, I suppose that's the way I would look at it. And bar a couple of bad results, there could have been, you know, you know how tight the league was in the end. You know, they could have been well up the league. Mm-hmm. So I think, obviously working towards the championship and, and you know, it would have been... I suppose good to stay in Division One, but definitely this year there was a huge focus on the summer yeah. and getting ready for that. Um, and yeah, looking at I suppose Saturday evening, like the performance. What I was most impressed about was how calm Armagh were and how they controlled the game and dictated the mm-hmm. game. Gone previous years gone by, where whether it was maybe you know gung ho. Yeah, and then maybe faded out of it, or the pressure come on that let they actually control the game and seen the game out, which was what I thought was very impressive. Yeah, they're definitely trying to strike a balance as such. Um, one player I want to talk about now is Connor Turbert. Uh, from the outside looking in, he looks like he's not really gotten a fair shake because every time he plays, he seems like he's doing really well. He scored seven points at the weekend. Uh, he was man of the match in the game against Antrim, I think, before it. I wrote about this during the week. Do you think now that with Ryan O'Neill being injured in his absence, it actually allowed him the opportunity to maybe step up, be the main man. Do you know, is there is there any truth in that? Well, he showed the last day against Antrim, like, and I'd, we've seen it a good few times. I remember against Monaghan uh, last year, this lad came on and, do you know, he kicks points for fun, like, yeah. and he's, he's strong and he's fast and he's built like a main man and you're kind of wondering... Like, why is he not always on the team? And, yeah. and that's the I see it when I'm when I'm looking in. I don't know, is he is he is he someone you could see like is should be a main man? Well, well this is it and I suppose you know, from, from when I was last with Armagh, like the competition was that strong and Connor was Connor was quite young, but you could see that he was you know, that he was coming through and obviously with Clan Aaron, you know, that he had he played a big part in them winning the county championship. Um and again, I suppose it's 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 the way Armagh play at the minute that it's allowing him, you know, to just that that half a yard where he's you know they're counter attacking and he's there. He can win his own ball. He's sharp, and he's very efficient when he you know his his, his ratio has been has been brilliant. You know, in terms of you know mm-hmm. taking his score. So um, it's just another addition. I think it's a, just a different. I suppose it's another it's another cog 
mm-hmm. for Armagh in terms of a different option, whether it's do you want to put Rain in full forward? If not, you can take Rain out and you have Connor in. So it's, I suppose it's a headache for other teams, you know what yeah. I mean? As another man, you know, yeah. you have to watch. So, and, he, and he is stepping up to the plate. And we've seen that with uh, Galway and Matthew Turney stepped up, you know, when Comer and Shane Walsh were injured throughout the league campaign. Have you ever been in that situation at all, Jamie? Like, obviously, Cross have a plethora of forwards and, and talent throughout the years, but maybe there was absences through injuries and suspensions. And did you ever feel extra responsibility on those days to, to get the scores? Um, I suppose it's one of these things where I probably did in in that era of football where, you, you know, maybe that I think now teams have more an overall plan where, you know, it's not just isolating one individual to produce something magnificent on the day. You know what I mean? So it's Arma now, are, I, I believe, are set up far better that if somebody's out, somebody else can step in and replace that, um, you know, that player. Um there are probably at times where I've probably, yeah, maybe felt that burden, burden and you're trying to do things that maybe you shouldn't be doing. You're doing that little bit extra. And then there's times where, you know yourself, you you probably should do a little bit more when you're, you know, when you're hot in a game. Mm-hmm. But you actually, you know, you're probably just playing the percentages or laying it off and playing to the game plan. Um, so I suppose it's just about about reading the situation and, and being present, you know. Yeah. It's hard to get used to those changes like we were talking our club GA to start and all the teams now they've, they've the GPS stats and they've 15 they're able to defend in numbers and they're all fit or like is it hard to like how did you find kind of adapting to that and do you know it's not like you're just of your own man to beat anymore yeah well this is it I think it adds competition I think it's a good thing in terms of within the team internally you know there are competition whether it's high speed running whether it's max speed you're me- you're being measured against you know what I mean, your teammate, and essentially stats don't lie, you know what I mean, it, it, when it comes to, you know, what you're being measured on. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you're not going to run around like a headless chicken, you know, clocking up the, the miles, but I just mean from a point of view that you can say, well, if, if such and such is, is hitting this target, then this is where I need to get to, you know what I mean? If you're on the, on the, the cusp of getting into a start in 15, you know that this is what I need to do to, you know, to go up a level. So in terms of that, it really just depends how it's managed and how you look at it. Um, now, and like I said, if, if, if you're fully focused on that and aren't focused on football, like I do see a lot of people in the gym focusing on, on keeping that strength condition, but you do see less out on the field practicing. Yeah. You know, when it, where it's mm. all, where it, where it all matters, yeah. what's really most important. So I think, you have to look at it from from that aspect and it's you know overall like, you have to balance things like that out there is yeah. probably a thing though where there's more there's such an emphasis on the gym and you know you don't have there's not that ma- many hours in the day that you can be in the gym and you can be out in the field and maybe sometimes lads feel you know i have to do this gym work you know and it's, yeah. you're like compelled to do it and you nearly forget about the bit on the field because well, well I, I actually think people actually love the gym so i yeah. think they're, they're not doing it because it's it is as hard work because like you it's know addictive. yourself it's, it's it's addictive and people like it and like going and the rewards they get after it so that's why I'm like if you're going on the pitch with 100 balls you don't see that as much yeah you know what I mean like and you might you might see the likes of Clifford or Rain O'Neill the likes of them players doing it Um, but you know what I mean like if it's your cornerback like if you look at nowadays the likes of the top teams like Mayo Galway Dublin all their defenders are all coming up scoring points you know what mm-hmm. I mean it's like that's the level you need to get at so you would nearly, I'd rather encourage 
getting on the pitch more as well as you know is that something you would have focused on doing like when you were well listen and I, I think it comes still. back to the fact that I loved it uh, you know yeah. I preferred I like I love I, I loved just going kicking ball you know what I mean it was one of these things where it probably comes across you're putting in extra work but you're doing it because you really enjoy it and I think that's where it comes across in strength and conditioning people actually love doing it so that's where do you love it or I think I read an interview with you before you didn't at one stage but yeah it's not that I don't love it I suppose it's just I'd rather do it I mean honest more the <laughs> I'd be quite introverted so I'd you know I'd have yeah. a social span of talking to people <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so it's perfect for a podcast yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so um, no it's uh, I don't mind doing it you know I, I, yeah. c- I do I do like the benefits you get from it in terms of speed and building strength and um, yeah there's probably just other ways of exercising that I would prefer but mm-hmm. no I'm not, not against that I think I think it was probably blew out of proportion for <laughs> lads like me <laughs> <laughs> now we do need to talk about Kevin just a little bit because they were excellent in the second half they really brought the game to Armagh Armagh actually only managed I think four points in the second half would that be concern for Kieran McGinney was it a case of they had their league try to protect it or should they have tried to push on I suppose going to the first half first um, I thought Cavan played into Armagh's hands. I thought you could see that the difference in they maybe come in with that attitude of Armagh were Division One team, mm-hmm. and you could see that when Armagh would get the first few scores, Cavan were coming down the field, and instead of you know they missed a couple of shots early on, and instead of you know getting into shape and getting men up the field, they were turning the ball over a lot, so maybe trying shots that were really weren't on or going in down a blind alley and just turning over the ball. So Armagh were counterattacking again. And when you're in that situation in a game early on, especially in the heat of championship, you can be gassed. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's where Armagh maybe got uh, Calvin early on. Um, and then just running in the tackles. I thought Armagh going in the tackles were, were were very clever. They were showing Calvin down the lane. And, you know, as soon as Calvin got the ball, Armagh were in and got it back straight away. But uh, in terms then of the second half, that did come out and show they're supposed to had to. Um, but I think Armagh, I suppose, always felt they were in control. I don't yeah. think they were ever really barred the goal chance and range block. I don't think they were ever really not in control. Yeah. Just took the foot off the gas. I'd say more yeah. than that, and you know, thinking we have this, like, and we'll we'll just get to the finish. Well, that's and I'm glad you mentioned Rain O'Neill's block because. Well, we've been guilty in this podcast. Like we're always saying that when he's on the pitch, like I want to see him closer to goal, keep him closer to goal, and let you know play the game through him. Yeah. But in moments like that, you can see why it's obviously so tempting to push him up out in the field and get involved with everything because every aspect of his game is is incredible. And that that was just such a that guy was the stuff of heroes. Yeah, well, well, this, this is the thing about Rain, and a lot of people do like him in the goal in in close to the goal. But I I don't because I like I, I suppose over time I realised that I was close to the goal when I was, you know, with a different era, I suppose, again, and you want to be involved in the game and you're told to sit in and the game's going by 20 minutes and you haven't got involved in the game. Now, I th- I, th- I think I, I prefer Rain out the field and letting him go up and down because he's on the ball and he can deliver a pass in and if he wants to go in full forward, you know, if he's if he's tired and needs five minutes, he can go in and send someone out. And then, I suppose, I always feel safe, you know, Rain in a defensive position because he's so big, so good in the air, and he reads the game really well. And like on on Saturday evening, he mm-hmm. he saw, you know, he, he kind of positioned himself. I kind of think he 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 knew your man was going to shoot for goal, yeah. so he kind of leaned, he stood back and waited from to have the shot, 
and then just kind of fell into it. Like so, um, yeah, I think I think I'd prefer to see him, you know, out around the middle of the field. So would you start him with centre half forward and have it like a Roman kind of role, or yeah, centre half forward? And if he wants to go in full forward, he can swap, but he can go back because he's, he's he's got a great engine and he can run all day and he plays at that long diagonal ball that Armagh can play on the counter attack. And if he f- if you've Connor Herbert up front, who's who's fast and Rain can play that, you know, 50, 60 yard kick pass and mm-hmm. it's on, you know what I mean? So. Okay, I, the problem is, is like you want two rain O'Neills, you want yeah. one to kick it in and you want one to catch it. Like, <laughs> well, you can't the thing be spoiled. is, like, Armagh is so versatile. Like, like you've mm. Andy Murnan, you've, you know, who can play full forward, mm-hmm. who's is an unbelievable ball winner. You've Stephen Campbell now, who's, who's who can run all day as well. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it, it, it is one of these things where Armagh have that many, you know, players that are. You know, operating at that level now that it's they can interchange in and out. Well, the fact they have Connor Turbot now like gives them that option. They can, you know, you have him inside and you can leave Rena O'Neill. He can hit the ball into him. Um, so what? Just like was when he was coming up in Cross McGlen, was he a lad you seen? And you're like, you know, even from a young age. Well, when it, it's funny, like when 2000 and around 2010, 11, that, that, that those all Ireland winning teams were cross. Uh, Garrett was obviously the manager, so Rain and Oshin O'Neill would have always been at training, you know, they're young fellas, but they're always kicking and, you know, just observing and being there. So you, you always knew this is the next generation. You see them coming through and they have younger brothers too coming coming on as well. So they'll be coming now in the next couple of years too. Um, but you kind of always knew that, yeah, um, they were going to be, you know, going to be stars for Cross and for our man in the future. Did he always have that kind of hard edge about him like he's... He's a great lad to get stuck into a game. Is sometimes he nearly he goes overboard. He got sometimes his customer a yellow card as soon as he came on. Of course, as well. as you yeah. know, like he loves yeah, to get. I think he's physical. clever like that, though. He he knows what to get away with. Um, yeah. But he also knows when they leave his mark. I'm sure he gets enough hits too, so yeah. he knows well if you're going to give it, I'm going to give it back, kind of thing. Um, and he does play on the edge, which is what I like anyway. He's, mm-hmm. It's it's um, it's modern day football, so. Um, you know, I like that side of his game. I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that out of his game. Was it Darren O'Sullivan compared him to Wayne Rooney, and I thought it was a, it reminded me a bit of him. Do you know the way he just yeah. he's silky and skillful, but he's you know he's well able to yeah, stand up. Yeah. Yeah. rawness, yeah. just raw, yeah. Yeah, and you want to keep that then nearly that street footballer mentality kind mm. of thing. Um, I was wondering too because like he, he comes across to you as uh, obviously he gets stuck in and everything on the pitch, but he's maybe rather like introverted himself and, and conservative or that's just how he seems maybe because he doesn't want to do too many media interviews he gets enough he's tortured enough I'm sure yeah in Arma. but the thing about the thing about Rain is, is is that he's a lovely lad so he'll you know I suppose it's, that's just the way his way of, of going on he's nice he, he does his own thing you know um, yeah and he just bring he brings a, I suppose a different energy when it comes to, to the pitch he knows it's football he knows the magnitude of what when you're you know when the, when the, when the, when the ball's thrown up that you're on when you're on you're on and then when it's off he's his own he's his own person he is quiet but um you know he, he has his mates and he has his, his, his teammates and stuff so he's he's just he's just one another one of the lads you know mm-hmm. and then obviously another big game that happened at the weekend was ross common and galway um as a, again without using the cliches it was a game of two halves ross common were very poor in the first half i think they only kicked three points i mean was it a case of to give everything for Mayo and had nothing left for Galway or that's what it looked like yeah because you see the first half did they I don't think they even scored from play in the first yeah. half do you know and 
like I knew, I knew something was going to come how good they were against Mayo and you know they've been really good under yeah. Davy Burke and mm-hmm. you knew something was going to come and it came in that five minute spell where they went from 8-3 down to 1-6 to 8 points up and like it was like a wave Galway couldn't win a kick out they couldn't they had no way out against Roscommon and there could have been another goal in that five minutes when yeah. um, Daly fisted it just wide after Enda Smith run it into him so I think they just after that wave they kind of just ran out of gas and yeah. it was it was disappointing because like they ended up being beaten by seven points like you know yeah. and um, but they just they did they seemed flat I thought at, at the start of the game and whether it was the kind of the high of, of beating Mayo, but you know, they couldn't get Enda Smith into it. Um John Maher on his championship debut, he 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 had him well kinda mm-hmm. marshalled and Enda Smith's such a key player for for a scammon and Dermot Marshall didn't get into it after being, you know, unreal the last day. So just disappointing. I was disappointed with them now. Yeah, I'm wondering like have you ever been in that situation, Jamie? Like have you ever had so much time to prepare for one game, it's been so hyped? and you muster up everything for it as a team, you do it, and then you fall short at the next hurdle because you've nearly left everything there. I suppose it happens. Like, if you look at, at the league campaign, like, Roscommon were excellent. Yeah. Do you know, and I suppose that was one of the games that everyone had kind of, I suppose, bookmarked to see which is gonna what's going to happen here. And I don't think anybody really knew who was going to come out on top. Um, and like I said, like that, that league campaign, anybody could have won. And you know whoever met in Division One, mm-hmm. it was it was it was up in the air. So, look, you do have days like that where you come out and you're a bit flat. Um, and it could have been you know that Mayo game, but I I, I did think Galway were, were good and they got their matchups right. And yeah, they were just they just wanted it more on the day. Like um, like I think both teams were very very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Roscommon and Armagh during the league and how they moved the ball through through their hands, you know, particularly in attacking areas, you know, their fitness and, and you know, even with Jamie Murder and Kier Murder as well, like just their, they had their shooting boots on all of the league campaign. So you have you have days like that and mm-hmm. I think they will be back. Um you know they're 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 a top they're a top six team at at the minute, you know. Yeah. So No for sure. I like I think they'll have a say, you know, in this all Ireland qualifier series. Um Damien Comer, Damien Comer was really the difference, I think you have to say. He kicked three points in the first half. And then when Ross Common were on that race, when Galway really needed a player to step up, he stepped up and got 1-1. And it was his goal that kind of punctured, you know, the their momentum. Um, he's a throwback full forward. Like, I don't want to, like, disservice him in any way, you know, but he is the bear in the square still. Like, he's obviously got all the modern skills. He's fit, he's fast. He, uh, he tackles, he tracks back, but... When he is on the edge of the square, because he's so strong and he reads the game so well, and he can kick a point and a goal from either foot, like is, is he should is he the the reason why a team should still have a focal point, you know, instead of just playing systematically all the time? Um, I, I think the, first of all, I thought he he was he was excellent in terms of his his link play, you know, his his going through the hands and his, mm-hmm. his tackling back as well. But when he was in on the square, the thing about about Comer, I was in Crow Park last year for our man. And Galway, and you you always have that fear because he doesn't drop it. You know, yeah. he's always he always has his body in front, and he's getting the ball. You you always have that. He's actually that good at it. Yeah. You know, I think Tommy Walsh was very similar when he was with Kerry. That when the ball was going in, you know that Tommy Walsh is catching it, whether <laughs> it was one hand or two hand, he's getting it. So I think with Comer, like it's just one of these things. I think Galway. I always kind of had a soft spot for Galway from, you know, the team in the nineties and 
the, the, the quality of player they always produced. And that t- this team re- is reminding me of, you know, obviously with, with Joyce yeah. you know, being manager, um, it's reminding me of that team. Um, yeah, and I think they're at the minute they're the number one team in the country. Um, just the quality of the player. Like, I think Kelly's is he's the best fullback in the country. You know, Walsh, look at the, um, and, and they have McDade and Finnerty coming off the bench as well. You know, similar to Armagh, they have, they have options. And, yeah, I just think that yesterday Galway really wanted that. Yeah. And, yeah, I think I think in the end, you know, that, you know, a Connacht title, it'll set them up, you know, pushing on from last year. That's what they want. Well, you could see it. You could see it in Park Joyce after the game. The kids were on hugging him, mm-hmm. and he was hugging. It was John Concanon, the selector. Do you know this was a a big thing? Yeah. And just on on Comer, like I I sometimes have a tendency of just saying, do you know, this adds the bear in the square, and he'll win the ball, and you know he's so strong, and he'll throw you out his way. But like he doesn't have a bad foot. No. he's so skillful. He never, as you said, Jamie, he never ever drops the ball. Like, and he just has every bit of skill. He's quick with quick to move quick with the solo quick with everything like and yeah. I think sometimes he's a little bit underestimated just because he's like which you know he's as this, well, as, you know yeah, they're always being compared when one has a good game the other one it maybe is, has to yeah. be a more workman role and he probably just doesn't get the, the probably the sure he didn't even get man the match yesterday I know <laughs> I, I was going to bring that up per Keegan I think he's getting a lot of abuse but uh, I mean was did you see that he gave it to, to Murta <laughs> instead? Sean Kavanagh must have had it decided it earlier or something. Well, he, well, that's what he said. Yeah, he tweeted an apology, but I'm pretty sure he logged on to Twitter and seen all of the abuse. But were, were you shocked by that when you when you seen it? Like was Comer the obvious uh, man of the match? Listen, it's one of these things when you always expect just the, the yeah. winning team to get man of the match. But yeah, I suppose look, it's you know Kieran Murta's a good game as well. You know, if you look yeah. at it from from that perspective. But I think I, th- I thought Comer was. Was probably would have been my man of the match yesterday. Yeah, well, in Leinster we had a really good game between Westmeath and Louth. Um, like this, this was the comeback of the weekend. So Louth were I think eight points down at half time, uh, but under Mickey Hart they showed the real resilience. He admitted at half time that you know they're just going out there to play for honour nearly. Um, but they, they managed to pull it back. Sam Mulroy was brilliant. He's back from injury, so he showed great leadership. Converted a penalty, but. Like, is this second half syndrome a theme of this championship or is it always there? Because that's Ross Common, that's Cavan, it's Louth, Monaghan last week against Tyrone. Like, what's being said, Jimmy, at halftime? Is it the rousing speech? Is it just the break and play? What, what's the difference? I suppose it's, it's one of these things as well where I think it's a good thing that if you're four or five points up, like when, the, when it was really defensive, you know, a couple of years ago, the game was nearly over. You would have said it's hard to see a team get back into it. But when you see, like, there's you know, five, six, seven points in a game now, you still have a chance, which is good. And I think it is probably because of there's more goals, I mm-hmm. think, in the in that that are happening. Um I don't think there's anything really, you know, other than underperforming, you know, like it's performing your potential. Like like with Loud yesterday, Sam Mulroy missed a couple of goal chances in mm-hmm. the first half. So he was still getting them. I suppose it was just a case of converting them. And when they converted when he converted two goal chances, he got one and they're back in the game, you know, and look how the swing, it turned so quickly that, you know, Loud were three points up then. Yeah. It's like, it's a terrible result, I think, for me, but I think it, you can see the influence of Mickey Hart. Yeah. Do you know? Um, well, have, have you ever been in that situation where you've gone in at half time, completely flat, looking like you're out of it, and then, so you know, and then it just changed and you pulled it's, it off? It's happened loads of times where you're, you're, you think, how are we going to get back into it? And you just momentum, the momentum changes in a game. 
like there are obviously the, the quarters within the game and there are times where you're thinking this is going to be tight but it happens you know it just takes one or two players to step up and if you get two or three points on, on the trot you're you know, you're well in contention. Sure, so listen to Mickey Hart, his interview after the game, and he was nearly like saying, Do you know, Westmead got seven points up. It was nearly a bad thing for us because they think they have the game won and we're going out, as he said, they're going out for honour in the second half. And, you know, like the pressure, even though they're, you know, they're this point where the pressure's nearly off for loud then. Yeah. And they can just... Shackles like, off. And I suppose they would be, I suppose that was the one surprise about it was that they'd be kind of a counter-attacking team so that they can find it hard to get back into it. But mm-hmm. they got the momentum and I suppose, like, Roscommon, they lost the momentum. But when you do get the momentum, it, it can be hard enough to lose it. Like, and Westmead just found it hard to, to get it back because they were on fire in the first half. Mm-hmm. Like, Rowan Wallace bombing up the field, setting up O'Toole for the goal. And yeah. that seemed O'Toole's like... O'Toole's a serious player. Really the two watching. of them, and you, you thought that was... Do you think that's the end of it? You know, because Loud were kind of clawing their way back and then the goal and it's seven points. Mm. And but in, th- in those kind of tight games, you know, it's that t- the timing of it is, is is more important than, you know, than anything. Because yeah. if you're getting that run at that stage of the game, you know, it's... You're, you're, you're going into, the, you know, the last 10, 15 minutes of the game, you know, your tail's up so you know what I mean it's yeah like when you're on top in the first half it's not going to last the whole game exactly you, know? and you still have to come again and you probably could see it with even going back to the Armagh and Cavan they were on top but they kind of they were that much in front yeah you know they kind of could manage it and I suppose Westmead did probably could have managed it better and didn't mm-hmm. it's, it's I suppose it's the smarts as well of, of the game and being able to manage it better. You, but just, you need to make hay when you're on top, don't you? Like Armagh did, and to be as far ahead that you you nearly can, you have enough of a cushion. Exactly, and I think, I suppose looking at, at Dublin, <laughs> they made sure that oh, there's yeah. no way back. There's, there's no way back there, <laughs> God. Um, obviously, there's the Mickey Hart, Hart effect as well. I mean, we all know he's done a brilliant job, what they've done in the league, but championships where it matters, and you know, now they've got that progression in the championship. Jimmy, you came across a lot of Tyrone teams managed by Mickey Hart, I'm sure, throughout the years. How, how would you describe a Mickey Hart team? I think the thing about Mickey Hart that he does, he, he's he's so clever at, at, at matchups. He, he he has that like the fact that he's he's had time with Loud going into the, to, to the Loud camp, and he's got he's had time, so there's no pressure. So he, all of the lads have seemed to have bought into it. And if you look at over over the the period of time he's there, how they've gradually gone up. Like they're now, they'll be playing Armagh in Division 2 next year. So like Armagh are, you know, all earning contenders and Louder in Division 2. Like so, so it's a massive jump for Loud and how he's, he has this ability, you know, I suppose from winning the All-Irelands early on that he's he, he just has the system. Kind of reminds me of Alex Ferguson in a way where he knows how to get the best out of players. He seems to utilise his backroom staff really well where he do, he probably, I, ca- I can't imagine him being as hands on in training mm-hmm. but just observing and then you know making tweaks to you know to with his coaches and stuff like that so um, but very very shrewd great understanding of the game and yeah it's, it just he utilises you know every you know aspect of his of his team yeah well he's definitely utilising everything in, in lives at the minute because they're they're flying. Um, sticking, talking about an Ulster man, we'll go back to Ulster. Down V, Donegal, Niall, the Conor Laverty revolution has begun. Did you see much of it? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, sure, Donegal, they were kind of going into it and, you know, it was just uh, just not good in Donegal at the minute and 
you know, you'd expect Donegal, I know they're down a few, you, you nearly think the quality of players that, and the experience they've had in Ulster the last few years that they might shade it, but down are probably the common team and Donegal are falling and that was the way it was yeah. in the game. Donegal started well and got the, the ideal start, I suppose, J- Jason McGee with the goal and... Yeah. I don't think anyone saw that, like an early goal from Donegal because and, and, everyone was no. predicting a really cagey game and don't get me wrong it was but you know I think that could have really took this, the wind out of down seals but they, they were confident in themselves Yeah it's definitely with that it's definitely the, the Conor Laverty effect in terms of he's brought this I suppose confidence you know and he's got the Kilkoo boys back yeah. as well like with, with Conor he likes his players. You know, you look at Kilcoo, they're really fit. I can imagine all the players being really, really fit. Everton's moved at speed. I think on the Sunday game, it showed the point that it was down to the free kick yeah. and it was hidden straight away. Like, yeah. that's the way Conor Avery plays. You know, he wants Everton moved at, at speed. And I suppose he has boys running from deep too, you know, and they're, they're just driving forward at, at pace, which is very hard to stop. If you if you have, you know, runners coming at two, twos and threes, it's very difficult to stop. Um you know, with that said, from from Donegal's perspective, um, things don't look good. It's it's definitely gonna be. It's one of these things, and I suppose I experienced it with our man the past two, where you're there's gonna be like a turnover of a lot of players. Yeah. You know, to try and get it right. So I think it's important for them to really, you know, suppose see how well they can do in the summer and push on, but then really regroup and 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 take a step back and look to see and put a put a strategy in place to you know to grow again because once Michael Murphy left you know it's, it's left a huge hole I suppose in terms of leadership um, and there's a, there's a, you know they've lost a number of key players as well and just the changing of the guard it, it, it's difficult to get back on the horse mm-hmm. you know like is it, is it lazy to say that they look like a team completely bereft of confidence I think so too I've seen there's certain things that said that they were buying in the things that the media is saying but that's sport you know you, you, you got to take that um, yeah like when, when you're not winning you're going to be you're going to be lacking confidence you know it's one of these things um, like over the last decade they've been one of the top teams in Ulster mm-hmm. you know and, and in the country so to maintain that's very difficult um, and players come and go it's just a case of you know how do you get back to that stage quick and don't let it it doesn't necessarily mean Donegal's time's over. Yeah, you know you can still keep. You know you're in the, you're you're only in Division Two. You're not miles off. Yeah. So it's just kind of, you know, putting putting things in place that you know to still being able to compete, rather than slowly going down the ladder. Like it's better to resolve things now than. Mm-hmm. Like to have the players, I suppose. Like we've seen that for for you know the last few years, Donegal they have some class players. It's just. This year with, you know, Paddy Carr leave and then yeah. there was the bit about the academy and the big fallout from that and just everything was on a bit of a downer and I'd say... But things like that have a huge impact. Yeah. If you yeah, don't have yeah. things right from the top down, just filters through the team. Like if the players don't have a, a strategy and, you know, I suppose a plan to follow, like you can of course have, you know, leaders and it, it can be player-led but the players need to know exactly what they're doing yeah. going on to the pitch, you know, and it's one of these things where it just seemed... You know, it's disjointed from the top down. When, when it rains, it pours because there is. They've been unlucky with some serious yeah. injuries. Paddy McBrady's yeah. out, Ryan, Ryan McHugh's McHugh. out. You know, like there's two other massive leaders, and that just happened to happen when Michael Murphy retired. So yeah. now you're missing three like huge names. You know, so you know they nearly had an excuse, didn't they? Like yeah. it was like 
they're nearly beaten before they went out is what I could see that and yeah. I could see that before the game I didn't put money on down or anything, but I should have because yeah. I, I fancied it like. and it's one of these things where Donegal the players can regroup now and they'll probably say look let's give it everything for the rest of the summer and I've been there but you just still, you still don't have this plan in place like mm. you can go, and go out and you think you're going to give it all and you're going to put everything in the line but it, the other team's just a better strategy and a better plan and you just outplay you because yeah. just you know you just things just aren't right well, I'm going to ask you both this question. I'll go with you first, Niall. Um, they're not out of the championship. There's still something there for them to play for. Do you think they can salvage anything for this season? No. No, I think the, Jamie kind of hammered it home there when you don't have that plan. I know they've a good what, the four or five weeks now before that starts, but I just think it's... No, it's not going to happen. They're too far behind, and especially with the lads missing the way it's gone. I think this year Donegal write it off for me anyway. And you, you echo that, or yeah, I suppose it's one of these things where I would agree that it, it's really hard to see them salvaging it from the year. But again, they need to look at what what's what can we do moving forward and really try and fix that sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. And then obviously another big game on another team that's really low in confidence is Mead. Uh, they lost to Offaly. This is another case of, you know, one team's on the up and the other seems to be on the down. Um, but in any situation, Niall, Meath not competing for the All-Ireland because now they're in the Talchian Cup. I mean, y- you know, you, it's not something you'd expect. Yeah, well, they got the perfect start to the league when they beat Cork and, you know, they got... They won the next day out as well. And, you know, they were banging in the goals and you were kind of... but. Just since then, it's been it's been a terrible finish to the league and a terrible start here to the championship. It's kind of carried in, and you know the whole thing seems to be in disarray. Like mm-hmm. Joe Sheridan had a tweet up. Um, he was saying that he's never like had never seen a team as disorganized, and no, like nobody was fighting. The body language was terrible. People don't seem to know where they're playing. There was lads coming in um, who hadn't played in, in the last in their last league games yeah. and hadn't played in league games and lads like that they're not playing now and there's other lads getting dropped off the panel and there's just an awful lot of talk co- coming out of me that yeah. isn't isn't good um, for a team and I suppose it was similar to Donegal coming in against Down you know that there was such there was a downer on yeah. the camp and you could just see it coming and you know Offaly had, have had a decent league campaign and you could see the pictures after the game, like they were rebels with a cause in that match. Like, do you know, they were fighting for Liam Kearns, the manager who passed away earlier in the year. And, do you know, it was in O'Connor Park and awfully just, like, sure, it was one eight to two points at half time. It was like yeah. that. Like, Mead made the, the run, like, as as we'd said with um, the last game, but it's the damage is done. There was one of those teams, Mead, where I suppose if, you know, an underdog can get a lead on them. They can smell blood, and it seemed like awfully smelled blood. Yeah, you know, and it yeah. was they knew that they were there for the taking, and yeah, it, it, I think Colin O'Rourke's finding the management side of things more difficult than he probably yeah. thought. Um, yeah, it's one of these things, and when you hear things that there's players in and out of out of a, a camp, and players are getting playing when they probably don't deserve to be playing, it's not a good sign. Um, yeah, similar both to Donegal, I think, as well, in terms of restructuring and from the top down, what's going on. Um, 
like I say, awfully coming into that, you know, they probably weren't, they weren't, they wouldn't have been scared of no. me because no, me having. Like they, it seems like they, were, they thought that they could have. Do you know? Yeah, they, like you like, said, they smelt blood for sure. And me haven't been, you know, in the last few years, like they haven't been doing well. Like, you know, well, they've been doing okay, but they're not, like we're probably saying me should be in the. All Ireland's a shock during the Tajik Cup, but that's the level that they've been at. Yeah, well, that's what Sean Kavanagh said in the Sunday game. Um, he said that they've got what they deserve, and he made no bones about, you know, poking fun at Colm O'Rourke and Lee Keegan did as well, I thought. It'd be a bit awkward <laughs> if he does come back to RTE. But, like, Colm O'Rourke, week in, week out, was slating teams for being really defensive. Like, I was, that was just his go-to, you know, and every time there was a defensive game, they would go to O'Rourke, nearly setting him up yeah. to say, you know, what do you think of this? And he, it's her football and whatever else so he's almost dying by the sword in that he has to play this particular brand of football and like you know let's be really honest about it like his his defense needs <laughs> a lot of work you know so is, is he stopped himself almost yeah it was, it, it's it's this is the thing it, it just in, in the modern day football you have to you have to go to times and you have to evolve um i think we'll cross as well we we were you know victims of it too thinking that we could play man for man kicking ball you know it, with the new systems it just doesn't work percentage why you turn over too, mi- too much ball um, and possession's key now so if if you're not willing to adapt essentially you're going to be left behind I think yeah um, the, the other thing about Comer Rourke I think is that it's one thing to say you know we can't play this defensive football and we can go man to man and we're going to tackle uh, Dublin and Leinster and everything but Meath weren't in a great place anyway. Do you know, are, are, are we being too harsh on him by saying, you know, he, he's the reason for their downfall? They've kind of been falling off this cliff now for the last couple of seasons. Has he just taken over a really bad Meath setup? And actually, it's too soon to judge him? I think so, yeah. Like, I think, do you know, they haven't... Like, under Andy McEntee, they were probably having the odd good game, but they weren't, like... Do you know, they were never... This team, you're yeah. expecting to go out and... You know, challenge Dublin. It was the same kind of a thing, um, and you know, I say maybe Colm expected. You know that the players might be, they might be at a higher level, and you know they might be able to play this. But I suppose when you have the mix of that, and you know, they're they're obviously getting they're too open, and yeah. you know they're getting destroyed that way. So um, yeah, that's just the, been the, the quality hasn't been there and made for quite some time. Yeah. But with that said, like in in the it, in, with the modern game, if you can get your system and and your shape the right way, look at the likes of Loud, look at Hoffley, yeah. you know, like teams like that, are, you know, are buying into to how buying into the strategy and how you know the management wants want the players to play, and it just seems that people are doing their own thing, or maybe the players don't really have a you know mm-hmm. the right guidance and know what know what way they're, well, they're playing you know just on that um, if you look at Down and Conor Laverty he's the manager of the senior team and he's the manager of the under 20s team the under 20s are in an Ulster final on Wednesday so you know he's trying to make like a systemic change uh, Mickey Hart's I think is the same with Louth you know is, is that the way to go forward should you have like one man at the helm with a plan and then everyone buys in to roll that plan out all the other coaches and things I think that, like, I think that's that's been happening it's just probably the same manager like, like Tyrone obviously have their you know, their blueprint that they had probably followed from Lowendall Air and they had that blueprint from mm-hmm. underage up and it's worked very successfully for them. Um, I think Donegal as well, when Jim McGuinness, things changed underage for them as well. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think so and you can see, you know, down kind of flourishing now with the system that everyone's buying in. 
from the top down they said right this is the plan this is the strategy this is how we're going to play and it's you know being implemented across the board and you know for the better because it's better having you know one plan in place than mm-hmm. ha- having having too many voices that you know be, you know players are being pulled in different direction they don't know what they're doing um you mentioned there an aisle challenge in dublin or the lack of challenge for dublin uh they steamroll leash uh i don't think there's any point really talking about the game itself but i just want to know do you think like have we learned anything about that them in that game is that impressive for you do you know if you were a team outside of leinster are you worried about that dublin team because of that performance or does it mean nothing really? i think yeah, you would be like yeah. do, do you know the bookies are early wrong and they had a handicap at 15 points and dublin beat them by 27 and do you know no matter who you're playing you know, like you're not, you, you have to be playing well if you want to beat someone by yeah. 27 points, like which is what they did. And you know, they racked up 30, like, yeah. And they've been what was it, 430. And yeah. you know, they've been they did well against Derry. Do you know, they showed signs of being back. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not, you know, they're not the team that they were, but they're showing signs, I think, anyway, of a team that's you know, they're coming into it now. And um, Maybe, I don't know, you could never say Dublin are under the radar, but I think they're, you know, they're moving along nicely. They've Paul Mannion, Conor Callahan's back, not injured. and He hit 1-7. You know, 1-7. Yeah. Well, that's it. And I, I think a criticism of Dublin in recent years is that they've controlled games too much. They've been very boring and they actually don't win by huge margins anymore. But they really went out to slaughter <laughs> this team. Like. I think it's massive. Like, it's 4.30 in a game at a canter. It's a huge statement. Like... Bear in mind, these, all these these boys have pedigree. These boys have four or five All-Ireland medals. You know, it's not a team in transition. They're all so young still. And you can see that that was a statement in terms of we're not letting up. People, and I think the media as well, have maybe forgotten about Dublin a little bit. Yes, I think even the coverage that they got in some yeah. of the game. <laughs> like, them boys, are, them boys are coming as well. There's no way they're going to... Mm-hmm. Like you can't rule them out of the All Ireland. Like it's, it's one of these things where I think they're chomping at the best the dubs. Yeah, and then like you know the All Ireland champions played at the weekend. We haven't even talked about them yet. It was in a similar situation, sort of steamrolled uh, your county Nile. Um, again, is, you know, is, is there much to learn from that? They played a really, really strong team. They're not messing about. There's no case of it's just monster. They're really going for it. Yeah, like I'd say, as a Tipperary fan, you'd have seen that coming because. They just have had a very disjointed year and losing players and Michael Quinlevin isn't there. He's kind of the, you know, he's been the key man for for many years, Tipperary. You just want to see him there. And um, they had a few injuries. Stephen O'Brien was back this time. But you've just seen it coming and things haven't been going well um, with Tip. So, um, yeah, seen it coming a small bit. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm getting the vibe off Jamie when he said Galway earlier on. Are you fancying a Dublin Dublin Galway, maybe All-Ireland? Or who do well, you... well, just on the, the Kerry and Tip, the thing about Kerry, like, and I suppose it's, you know, the way they play is they'd probably be fancied for the All-Ireland. Uh, you know, they, they had a, an OK league, but they seemed to be saving themselves for the championship. And they're they're gonna be they're gonna be hot, you know, come the right time. Now the only issue with Kerry, I suppose, is the only exception because he's that good. If you take Clifford out of his team, they're probably the only team really that would really weaken Kerry, you know, and like putting Kerry up against anyone, you'd fancy them. But if you take Clifford out, or Sean O'Shea for that matter, then I think it really weakens Kerry. So that's why I would say maybe Galway, Galway Dublin mm. at the minute. 
are the top two for me. Well, one other game was Kildare and Wicklow. Kildare got the win, but Wicklow did very well to actually, you know, they made it a competitive game. It's only uh, scored sort of late on. They made the, the scoreline a lot more favourable to Kildare. But after the league campaign they had, they'll just be, you know, Glen Ryan will be delighted to get another win and really focus on Leinster and, and moving forward. Now, that's all we have time for in terms of reviewing the weekend, but we're not going to let Jimmy away with it just yet. We're going to do a quick fire round. Uh, Niall here is going to put you through through the ringer a little, Jimmy. Is that all right? <laughs> Go for it. Just uh, before we do this, I might just ask you about, because I know you played for um, New York, and I don't know, were you watching that one at the, at the weekend? Just, just seeing the highlights. On the, yeah. Yeah, no, I was delighted. Um, I suppose having played out there before, like we were so close. It's one of them games where... I actually took it really bad because we were we were in the driving seat going into the last five minutes. You know, we had the game essentially won. And, yeah, I suppose that just the lack of match practice and the cuteness, um, yeah, let us down on the day. But you could see that it was building and mm-hmm. they knew that this time around that this was an opportunity. And, um, you know, fair play to them. It's massive for, for New York. Mm-hmm. If, if, you're, if you, you know, you've been out there, that you see what it means to people out there. And, um Obviously, Sligo is a step too far, but it's a stepping stone. You know, yeah. they're they're getting they're getting more games, which is essentially what they need. You know, and oh, to, to see to see, you know, American-born kids you know, yeah. playing is, is 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 amazing too. Like how they're learning the game and picking it up and being able to play, you know, at at the top level is it's it's quite cool. Well, what what was that experience like, and and how, you know, I don't want to just I think we all assume that it's 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 far off. You know, county level, I suppose Armagh with yourself. I mean, but what was the difference like in terms of training and quality, or or was it really up there? Well, when I said it was going to be on board, I suppose I had assessed who, what, what, what have we got? Do you know what, like in terms of players, in terms of quality, who are we getting in? Like, are we going to be able to compete? Mm-hmm. And when I seen we we had we had enough, it was a case of ramping up the training. In terms of when you train, you're training, you're training hard, and yeah, you just commit. Everyone has to commit and buy into it. Um, like we played Cara Finn they had just won the All-Ireland and I think we, we beat them 10-11 points you know and just in a, it was their only kind of warm-up game too the Leitrim game and yeah like I, I suppose it's just the smarts and getting used to championship games that that was all that was missing mm-hmm. um, and again quality but the more players that are going out there like I think a lot of the boys were able to, to come home as well which was you know that game against Sligo will stand to them yeah. it's just it fizzled out because I think a lot of them were happy with maybe yeah. and you can't blame them like no. sure isn't that the thing like do you know Leitrim and Sligo they have a full league campaign played and New York are going into that and like as you said you've played whatever one championship one challenge game like it's it's some achievement that they did um, beat New York and I'm sure you've seen it Jamie when you're over there like the effort some lads were putting in like Shane Carty was coming up from Boston and other lads coming up from do you know down this down further yeah. down New York and it's a long way up and you know it is probably in the winter months and it's not simple like well this is it and you're it obviously the the likes of them boys will reap the rewards and I've been based in in the states you know it's like it's the first time in history it's been done so you know like in terms of the development of the game out there it's massive massive mm-hmm. yeah. well I was good stalling but you almost got away with it now <laughs> still gonna ask you the quick fire right, right yeah. let's go without further ado uh Favourite sport, Jamie, to watch outside of the GA? Football. Uh, who do you support? Liverpool. Good okay. right. It's okay. okay, that'll stay in. I'm outnumbered here. Uh, Favourite Cross McGlenn footballer growing up? Um, Oshin. Oshin McConville. Okay. 
I can kind of see a bit of yourself in him, maybe. The, <laughs> do you know the the silky, skillful lad, and does the let the don't <laughs> be telling him. <laughs> um, favorite holiday destination. Um, you got him now. There's so many of them. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely think Mallorca. There are places in Mallorca that I suppose people don't know that. I would really like a place called Valdemossa in Mallorca that I like okay good spot uh, good party kind of a spot or just calm kind of it's calm yeah okay lay back yeah Um, which is better crack a soccer dressing room or a GA dressing room GA why is that Um, I I think the soccer's more relaxed you know the whole environment's more relaxed there's different cultures and different people you're I think with with the Gaelic, it's just it just seems like the people you grow up with, it's the lads, you know, can be more intense. The GA dressing room, but when you know after a victory, it's there's there's nowhere else you'd rather be. A bit more kind of slagging. You maybe know a lads better in the yeah, GA. Yeah, there's a lot more of that in the GA. Yeah, soccer's there's a lot <laughs> there's a bit more respect in soccer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which would be a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, Haaland or Mbappe? Mbappe. Okay, that was quick. Yeah, it was quick. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fan of him. Yeah, he's. I think he's more to his game. Um, just a, it's a skill with the pace he can play out wide. He can play down the middle. Um, yeah, World Cup winner. Look at what age is he? He's unbelievable. Twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, best dress man in the GA. Um, you can say it yourself. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You're going with that? Yeah, you still yeah, have to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and lastly, uh, will you play for Armagh again? Uh, who knows? It's I'm not sure if it'll be this year. Um, it's one of these things. If it's, if the doors open at some stage and I'm still knocking about, putting in the work, maybe down the line, who knows? But you're still banging them in for, for Cross McGlenn, so what more can you do? Yeah, it's Cross's game now, so just focus on them and focus on getting the county back this year there we go not officially retired there's your exclusive for the GAR <laughs> um, thank you so much Jimmy for coming on to the show we no really appreciate awesome. it hopefully get you back on again and we'll be back with an exclusive interview with David Clifford don't go away David uh, so I was driving the car this morning I heard it on radio at 9 o'clock so a very busy day that was uh, Claire Byrne live um, Claire Byrne live in the GAR in one day so, so you've made it uh, yeah, hectic day, right? I suppose this is kind of the one thing I've I've kind of done this this campaign with Super Value over the, for the past probably three years or so. So it's kind of the one day I've pencil in that uh, it's fairly hectic, but uh, I get all my media stuff done on the one day, so it's good. Talk to all those, all those guys it. and get it over. It. That's it. Yeah, uh, I was watching. I was planning on starting by asking about being surrounded by a stampede of youngsters, but they managed to they kept them in. In Fitzgerald Stadium at the weekend, yeah, it saved you thirty minutes. Uh, yeah, like I suppose it was great to see, um, especially at the end of the campaign. I suppose it was great to see the the support from from the younger kids and stuff like that. Um, but I suppose, look, you're well aware of the fact that you can't um, you, you you can't spend all your time doing it, or you probably get worn out. So um, yeah, but it is it is very enjoyable to be fair. What do you make it all? Is it, it's a bit mad at times. Like the game is only five or ten seconds over, and you've nearly a hundred people surrounding you. Uh, what do you make of it? Yeah, look, I suppose it's, it's hard because you can't you can't give the time that you'd like to maybe to everyone. Um, so you're just trying to, I suppose, be as nice as possible to the kids. And then you hear you hear the stories from them, like of maybe 
maybe where you might have met them before in the past or where they might have travelled for for the games and stuff like that so um, I know it's great to be fair you probably get all sorts of requests looking for jerseys and gloves and I can imagine it's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is right. parents probably coming up to you as well or yeah. is it usually kids or? yeah mainly the kids but you'd, uh, you'd have a few parents in there too to be fair yeah <laughs> mad enough um, so I suppose then moving on um, like when you when you leave when you leave the pitch then uh, I was listening to Bubbles O'Dwyer in the podcast recently said they get letters in the home was that something that you would have um, yeah yeah I do of? yeah again yeah you do of course you do um, and again like it's 99.9% of the stuff is all very positive like so it's great to, to, again you're hearing stories maybe of people that might be sick or might have been sick or something like that and might might have been watching the games or maybe seeing Kerry being successful and stuff like that might have um, might have helped them along so it's great to see stuff like that Um so I suppose to myself and my father, we try and write back to as many of them as we possible, um, as we possibly can. Yeah, but no, yeah, I suppose it's probably changed. No, from like I don't think there's many as many people writing letters anymore. So a lot of it tends to be like school projects and stuff like that where they're writing. Yeah, so. Was well, it send you in a school project yeah. and that's the year term? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, primary school, you know, and you used to be able, you used to have to learn how to write a letter and stuff like that so you'd be the person they'd choose maybe okay so the postman is he's a regular caller he's busy right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and is it dad that he'd, he'd take care of a lot of the fan mail is it yeah he does he does too fair yeah, yeah. he doesn't mind if he's mad into football exactly, anyway exactly so. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then going on like is it what's it like even you know it's kind of, it's mad the whole kind of um, celebrity kind of status around you like is it is it mad even walking around Killarney would you ever have a stage where there'd be people surrounding you do you know if you're going into the shop or do you leave that to someone else uh, to, to go in <laughs> yeah, no like it's, it's probably actually not not it's a probably worse when you're outside of Kerry because do you know the people in Kerry are used to seeing people who are successful in sport and you know I think maybe like a lot of time in Killarney there's 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 plenty of other people around the town that have, have, have done a lot more than me in football. So um people in, in, in Killarney are generally generally respectful. And again, as I said, it's always it's always well wishers. You're never gonna get anyone saying anything negative really towards you. So so it's nice, you know. Not too bad. Yeah. So did your first kind of break in a long time really there with the, the two league games at the start of the year, um, had you itchy feet watching or were you able to, you know, press a little off switch and um ah, yeah, of course you're you're well aware like that you have to that you have to take the time to, to to relax, but I suppose it's hard when the season has started with the lads that you're that you're not out there with them because I suppose you're very conscious, like that you're you're you know you you want to kind of be back there and, and try and try and get back up to the level again and help them out. So um, I suppose it's a break, like yeah, but it's always harder to take your break when the season has started because because of that because there's games actually going on, you know. Okay, and what do you like? What do you spend when you get a bit of free time? Are you a man for the Netflix or the? What, what is your yeah a bit of everything yeah, but on Netflix I play a bit of golf um, and I just watch probably I watch any sport really yeah so that's kind of the main things that I do and I go I don't I like I get a break from football but I, like I, I go to watch a lot of club games anyway and stuff in Kerry so I suppose it's a giving you a break from, from your own game but I never really feel suffocated by football either do you know what I mean yeah. a lot of people kind of spend their time scrolling through TikTok you're not a man for the, the social media like was that a Decision you made early on, um, in, or when? Where did that come from? Uh, yeah, it's, when I was younger, I suppose I just didn't never really bothered with it. Um, there wasn't any reason for it, and then I suppose it had gone so far that I was kind of sure I was happy enough not being on it. I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure. Sure, I, it's hard to know really why why it, why it, why I don't why I'm not on it, but. Um, I'm happy enough with my decision so far. You don't need now. to see all the, the rubbish lads yeah, like me yeah. be posting on it. So. So. <laughs> <laughs> Might give you um, 
a bit of a break, but um, just uh, from there then, like moving on from from that Armagh game, and I just noticed it in that game. Do you know you kind of you don't seem to mind uh, like obviously inside forwards get a lot of attention. Um, do you know and there's seen a picture of the weekend, the two tip lads on, on top of you, but you kind of seem to enjoy the whole battle, whether it's between. Uh, do you know if if having a few words with lads or getting stuck in, you you enjoy that. Um, yeah, like I suppose. Look, it's probably always this. You know, we'll call it sledging or whatever. Is always probably made out to be a lot worse than it is. You know, there's always a lot of respect between players too, and and I think everyone is well aware of the fact that after the after the whistle is blown, after seventy minutes, everyone kind of respects each other. But yeah, it, it is enjoyable. I suppose having having a battle with a with with a backline, let's say, or rather than I suppose, you know, you're you're obviously marking someone one on one, but you're kind of. Your your forward unit is trying to break down a whole defensive unit, so it's uh it's enjoyable trying to find ways around it and and, and trying to break them down. Yeah, is it great too? Like when you can have you know in the mid in the heat of battle, you can have a bit of crack with a lad like with Parkour last year. Do you know even though you're against each other, you still can you know have a little bit of whether it's a, a funny comment. Yeah, to each other? yeah, hundred percent. Like look, I suppose it's it's serious enough for for so much of the time that um I suppose there's no harm to be a bit lighthearted with it too at times. Yeah. yeah. Um, just growing up, um, am I right in saying we were chatting to Paddy before? He said your dad was a referee and he used to go to all the games with him. So was that the earliest memories? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He would have refed. He refed for a good few years at club games in Kerry. Like, so we probably would have been yeah, going all around the county with him. To be fair, and that's probably where our introduction came from. And our parents would have always went to the Kerry games as well. So we would have always tagged along with them. Yeah. So I suppose we had a we had an early introduction to to, to the GA, Yeah. And do you feel like it's all? You know, I, I can remember you coming on and scoring the goal against Monaghan. It's certainly my first memory of you um, as a senior. Do you feel like it's all flew even since then? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, like, I'd be going into my, I don't know, it was a fit, the sixth season we carry this year. So, yeah, the time has, has flown by. And I suppose it really keeps you keeps you um, driven because, like, you see more and more players that you would have played with, like, retiring, coming to the end of their careers. So, um yeah, really conscious of the fact that like the years do move away from you, and you just have to try and try and make the most of of them while you have them. Yeah, you kind of have to grow up quick. Like you know, you're what you're twenty four. That was only a few years ago. Your dad, and do you know, is that? Um, I'm wondering when, as a dad, did you did you ask your own dad for much advice? How, did was he was he throwing the ball into um, the ground with you? Yeah, young yeah not really. No, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, I suppose, uh, like I'm, I'm like my parents would have always been very supportive but like never never would have pushed us into anything so I suppose that'll be definitely something that I'll try and take from them that I'd be happy enough to whatever Ogie ends up doing to, to support him with it it probably it does give you a, I know it's overused work but a bit of perspective like when you come back from a match you can you'd probably see him and he'd be messing and he wouldn't know what's going on and absolutely yeah and like I think it's not to be mistaken for that your that your focus is taken away from 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 Kerry or anything like that, but like it is it is a nice release to have because, there, as I said, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of there's so much focus on on being an intercounty player that it's nice to have have some form of release. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, is he playing kicking football around the place or? Yeah, he's more he... of a farmer now at the moment. Okay. So that's, that's kind of the line he's gone down. But uh, I know. Look, he. he There'd be plenty of pressure on him, so I definitely won't be putting it on him. Yeah. There's John Deere is knocking around. Exactly, spot. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's about. Are you a farming background? In the uh, both of my grandparents would have been would have been farmers, but but Sean is dad is a farmer, so okay. that's, where, that's where it's coming from. Yeah. Okay, will he be a hard worker? So. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> just a, a little quick fire round where it might be just right. uh, one uh, one word, word. question, yeah. if that's all right. So, okay, favorite sport to watch outside of the GA. 
uh, we'll go for snooker. Okay, so you're watching it at the, the last few days. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably been a slow enough start to the World Championships, really. There hasn't been too many close games. Um, well, a, f- a few of the big ones knocked out already, I suppose, but... Uh, yeah, Ronnie and John Higgins are still involved, so I'm happy enough, yeah. Okay, yeah, but it was probably a bit wild with the pro Hester coming on and then yeah, with your yeah. man hitting the break against yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did he you see a, that? He made a bit of a fool himself, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, well, it was hammered in the end. Um, Ronaldo or Messi? Messi. Uh, current in kind of player, not from Kerry, who you admire as a player? Um, probably... Uh, that's tricky now. Your um, uncle Kenny, maybe? Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. And what would be your biscuit on site? Mm, um, probably a chocolate hobnob. Okay. Uh, best spot in Killarney for a pint? Uh, the Golden Nugget. Plus a sponsor? Yeah. <laughs> Keep it local. Um, here, Nani said you were a, a good singer. I remember an interview before. So what would be your karaoke song? Um, I'm going to have to move on from it because I think my people are getting sick of hearing it. Uh, the Night Visiting song is a song I always sing by Luke Kelly. So... I have to try and learn a new one this year. Maybe. Move on to yeah. Spradden, Red yeah. Wings. And uh, you've said you play a bit of golf, so your dream for what of anyone? Um, well, take myself and Shane in, right? He'd be my normal golfing partner. Um, and we'd be taking on... We'd be taking on Shane Lowry and uh, Duncan Davidson, another friend of mine. Great stuff there from Niall and David Clifford up in Crook Park. But we are going to turn our attention to Hurling now. And Niall Waterford nearly had Limerick. What a game, Lee. Um, I'm telling you, only we had David Clifford today. Um, we'd have been devoting more to show to Hurling than we would to, to football because I'm telling you now that Hurling was better than the football at the weekend. And that Waterford-Limerick game, um, just like Limerick get off to this flying start. They're, they're up by seven or eight points early on and you're thinking, Do you know, Waterford are toast. This is game over ball burst and like Waterford just you could see it you know that this was David Fitzgerald and I'm just imagining this now that Davy had these boys during the league they were training like animals because they were so fit and so they were horsed into Limerick yesterday and you know they were so fit now like incredibly fit and bombing up and down the field and you know they kind of caught Limerick whether it was Limerick on an off day or whether Waterford's tactics caught them, but they did. They caught them and they had the chances to, to win that game. And I'd say David Fitzgerald now will he'll have had a sleepless night last night just thinking we should have done this because they missed so many chances for a finish. Um, Neil Montgomery had a lot of wides. Fitzgerald that came on had a wide. Desi Hutchinson had wides. Even Austin Gleeson ones that he kicked over the bar. And Tom Barron goes in and, and fouls um, Nicky Quaid. And, you know, only two points for a finish. Like So they, they should have got something out of this game. Um, but huge, huge positives for Waterford. It was, you know, it was, I know in, in recent times, a lot of people have been given out saying Hurland's gone too high scoring. And, mm-hmm. like, you could see that in in Clare in tip game. What was mm-hmm. it, 523? Yeah, three, yeah. 524 to... 522 to 2... Or to 323. Do you know, like, this is free scoring and it's, yeah. there's nearly too many scores because the ball is out of play half the time. Yeah. Like, just literally because of that. But this was, do you know, this was hard-hitting stuff and you had to earn every score that you got and just an unbelievable game of hurling. And um, I wrote an article yesterday calling it the, the one minute of madness and it yeah. was from the Aaron Galan penalty and he saves the penalty. Tom Barron or Billy Nolan saves the penalty. 
Tom Barron, who was the smallest man on the pitch, and well, not the smallest man on the pitch, but not compared to Gerald Hegarty, he's not a big man. He runs out with the ball and floors Gerald Hegarty. And this is Tom Barron, you know, after coming on as a sub, you know, wasn't started Tyg de Burka. Jeez, I feel off for him. He's third serious injury yeah. in in as many years. Two cruciates and an Achilles is what David Fitzgerald was saying yesterday. So just shocking stuff for him. But Tom Barron came in and changed the game. Um, Jamie's brother bombing around the place like Jamie, strong and just an edge to him. Do you mm-hmm. know? And he comes out with the ball, floors Gerald Hegarty, six foot six from onto the ground. Um, and then the play bursts on. There's a Kyle Hayes wins the ball and he hits it down between Barry Nash and Jack Fagan. Barry Nash takes Jack Fagan out of it with an elbow. Um, and you're going mad at this stage. Then eventually the ball pulled out over the sideline. Gerard Hegarty comes out. He floors Daryl Lyons, who again is <laughs> half his size. He stays going. And Austin Gleeson is about to come on as a sub. And he hasn't even entered the match yet. <laughs> Hegarty's follow through brings him into Gleeson. And the two of them are getting stuck into it. Like, And should we know Austin? Austin never shies back. In no. fairness to him, he wasn't the instigator this time. But then the Waterford mentor punches Gerald yeah. Hegarty in the chest. The Limerick doctor gets a yellow card. <laughs> Liam Gordon, I'd say, I was trying to f- to find out how many yellow cards he gave. It was definitely up in the double figures, I'd say 13 yeah. or 14. Just um, one of those games where the hair was standing on the back of your neck and just Waterford, they'll be kicking themselves because they could have had it. No, I mean, any any game where the doctor gets a yellow card, you know, there's going to be something into it. Um, you mentioned Tipperary v Clare, but you thought Clare conceded some soft goals. Very soft goals, and it was a difficult day for Damon Foody making his debut in, championship debut in the goals. Um, do you know, should a sideline, Jace Ford scored sideline straight into the goals, that's a present. Um, another one, John Conlon was more at fault in the goalie, but Jake Morris gets another present. And... Do you know, you're conceding goals like that. Um, you're nearly, the saying is goals win, goals win games, but like this was so high scoring. It was crazy, crazy yeah. scoring. And, but tip, they did. The goals did win the games because they won by is f- five or six there. And, you yeah. know, they had, to, they had two extra goals in Clare. Um, Clare probably did nearly more the hurling and the goals they scored were probably, do you know, Mark Rogers' goal was unbelievable and his second goal too. Brilliant stuff made McCarthy, but... Claire were just yeah the 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 soft goals caught them and in fairness to Foodie his puckouts were were brilliant than that and just you know the mistakes and a tough day for him so um you'd feel for him but it didn't watching and I listen I'd there was so many games on yesterday I don't know how keeping up with them all I I was I really was in a trance as I said <laughs> as I started the show because that was on straight after Limerick Waterford then you have the football at the same time yeah. So this was, uh, it was hard to keep track of it all, but just watching that, it did not seem to be at the level Waterford and Limerick were now. So, um, yeah, to, yeah, they'll have to lift it, tip and clear again, coming down the, the track. And then elsewhere, Galway beat Wexford, 24 points to 2-12. Yeah, and Wexford got the dream start, getting the two goals. Um, Conor McDonald got the first one, Liam McGovern got the second one, and Liam McGovern has to be said, in defeat, gave a tremendous performance, as he has done um, for years for Wexford, you know, leading the fight um, against Galway. Um, but, you know, they got the dream start, but at the same time, Lee Chin was injured. Damien Reck got injured in the warm-up or was injured coming into it and couldn't play. Wexford can't afford to, to lose lads like this and Galway just pointed them pointed them out of the game, basically 24 points to 
to two twelve, and you know, it was nearly over ten minutes into the second half. So disappointing from Wexford, just a flat, flat in the second half. But you can understand it um, with the men that were missing. But um, look, one t- one concern Henry and Gallo will have is that they didn't get near scoring a goal and never even looked like scoring a goal. So that's. Um, definitely a concern for them mm-hmm. and then lastly up in Belfast uh, Antrim got a draw against Dublin so close to taking a scalp there yeah they'll, they, I'd say Darren Gleeson like David Fitzgerald he'll, at least he got the point but he'll be thinking that is the one that got away because they were six points up at one stage in the second half in a home in front of a home crowd like the Belfast crowd going mad thinking you know this is today and I did think do, coming into it, the Dublin war there for the take and, you know, missing some key men this year, Chris Crummy, Keno Callahan. Their team doesn't look as strong. And, um, you know, it did come down to Donald Burke, who has been their, their saviour for, for many years. The last two or three years, he's been the, the leading light and he, he was the man that saved them um, with a goal. Uh, look, Antrim, they'll be... They'll be disappointed because Paul Boyle got a late point and you're thinking, you know, this is going to do it for them. Um, but, you know, they couldn't get over the line in the end. And uh, But look, positives definitely for for Antrim. Dublin, you know, they'll have to pick it up. But, um, yes, on the other side, um, Kilkenny uh, gave Westmead a hammering. So yeah. it's going to be a fight between... Antrim, Dublin and Wexford. You'd imagine Kilkenny and Galway will be safe bets, even though it is early to be counting chickens, but that's what you'd imagine. Um, And, you know, for Antrim, I'd say they will think, looking at Dublin and looking at Wexford, you know, we have a chance here, Mm -hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, maybe uh, just the Munster man saying that, it's Munster does look a bit more competitive, but... uh, as Leinster people often say, there's, there's usually a Leinster team in the final, so, so that is uh, plenty to look forward to. Yeah, thanks Nal for giving us the lay of the land. That is actually all we have time for now. We did manage to fit a lot into that show. Uh, remember to like, share, subscribe to the GAR and we'll see you next week.